Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Bell one time on Fridays at participating McDonald's through 1231-24. Excludes tax must opt into rewards. Achtung, achtung. Welcome to We Have Ways to Make You Talk with me, I'm Ari and James Holland. And in our last podcast, um, we tried to uh, persuade the sweet lister, or rather um, lean on them quite heavily, that 1943 is the critical year of the war. And James, I think it's fair to say you're up to your neck in 1943 right now, aren't you? Well, I am. I, I am because I'm absolutely immersed in, in Italy. Um, and, and one of the things I think is interesting, I mean, I, you know, I'm calling my new book Casino 44, but but actually it's not... It's, that's <laughs> not even a quarter of it. It's going to be about casino, um, uh, you know. And that's that's because the bit that comes before casino is really really interesting, yeah. um, and, and all the bits that are going on while casino is also going on, but aren't at casino is also really really yeah. interesting. There's yeah. so much going on, uh, and and actually the Italian, from, you know, from the Italian surrender, the armistice, through to um, the landings at Salerno, which I'm just absolutely blown away by because it's yeah. just it's it's just such an atypical, very 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 high risk venture by the allies which goes against the grain of everything that they're they stand for About, from a kind of yeah. sort of middle of 1942 onwards kind of approach and yet it's it's indicative of that shipping crisis which has developed in the latter half of 1942 and which is still kicking on in 1943 and 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 the, the ripples of that and the huge global commitment to the soviet union to china to the pacific to the Southeast Asia to the Mediterranean and to the build-up of um, troops in the UK. All of that has a massive effect on on what is going on in in, in Italy. And and the aims of the Italian campaign from the from the um, Allied point of view are really simple. It's kind of um, it is knock make sure that once and for all we knock Italy out of the war. That we yep. draw troops away from the Eastern Front and the Western Front. I the Western Front that's going to be um, I.e. Northwest Europe, France, Normandy. Yes. Um, Make life as difficult as possible for the for, for the Germans. Um, capture airfields, strategic airfields around Foggia. So Foggia is this interesting bit. It's in the sort of central southern part of Italy, but it's on the eastern side. And although nearly all of Italy is kind of mountainous, there is this sort of weird plain bit um, that runs from Apulia, which is the kind of heel of Italy, all the way up that eastern side. Then there's a little kind of there's a, the Gagnano, uh, Gagnaro, um, um little sort of it's like a sort of bunion that sort of sticks off the edge of the coast, which is mountainous. But in between that, and then the mountains of Abruzzi and um, and Campania and Molise, 
is this kind of flat bit, and in the centre of it is a kind of sort of is is a kind of sort of Mussolini new town, really. I mean, it's an old town, but it's been rebuilt called Foggia, and around that is just this absolute raft of of airfields. One of the reasons the Allies are persuaded to go in, and particularly the Americans, is because they're very big on strategic air power and bombing Germany as much as they possibly can, and tightening the noose around Nazi Germany and making you know attacking its industry and all the rest of it. And suddenly you've got this huge area where you can can put in B twenty fours and and B. 17 flying fortresses and from which you can uh, operate a strategic air force in tandem with RAF Bomber Command and the US 8th Air Force operating out of the UK. So Jim I mean what, one of the uh, sort of immediate questions I think about why why are you why if there's a shipping crisis why if you're short of stuff are you in are you doing this anyway and uh, engaging in such a high risk operation is it for the strategic uh, advantage of those airfields is it because once you've started you can't stop that momentum in in war is, is you know forward motion in war is especially when you're winning forward motion is as important as anything else as any other as you know forward motion is a strategic consideration in the same way that taking a a, a plane with lots of airfields on it is a strategic consideration is that what's going on because after all you know Italy gets dismissed as a sideshow. It was no soft underbelly of Europe. You know, silly old Winston Churchill getting that wrong. Ah, oh, is the sort of very often the, the, the sort of the, the, the back of the fag packet appraisal of the Italian campaign. What's going on? Why take such risks at Salerno? And also, given that in 1944, and I think this is a thing people probably know, is that the, the Germans undergo a, a characteristically divide, have a characteristically divided um attitude to what to do about an overlord invade the the coming overlord invasion do you keep people on the coast to knock them back into the sea straight away or do you have a mobile reserve lurking somewhere in france that can deliver a you know a panzer hammer blow at them when the moment comes what what are the what are the germans thinking and how does it relate to that thinking the following year and who's doing that thinking because i know kessel rings in charge in in italy but who's, who's also in the mix well, there's all sorts of different thoughts going on uh, uh, at all levels. And from, from, from the Allied perspective, everything you say is correct. So it is forward motion. It is forward momentum. Um, it, it, it's also that, that, you know, they are also under pressure from, from the Soviet Union to keep doing stuff on the ground and, and to open up that yeah. second front, blah, 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 blah. The fact of the matter is, is because there were very, very good reasons for launching a joint operation in North Africa in the, in the autumn of 1942, that means there is now these huge allied forces in the Mediterranean. And if you've got them there and you've gone to all that effort to get them there and there's Italy and, you know, if you stand in the kind of Messina in the northeast of Sicily, having mm. conquered mm. that and won that campaign in, you know, six weeks or whatever. In short order, yeah. There it is. It, there's Italy. Yeah. There's the boot. And then you're on mainland Europe. Um, you know, so it's a psychological value. And and your reading of the... Of the of, of intelligence, albeit pretty spurious reading, mm. you know, a few little hints here, nothing concrete, but a suggestion back in May that, you know, if the Allies in- invade um, Italy, then Hitler plans to retreat to the Pisa-Rimini line, you know, well north of Rome. So not only have you got the advantage of of, of the uh, airfields at Foggia, these strategic airfields where you can launch, you know, what will become the 15th Air Force from Foggia, 
tightening the noose around Nazi Germany. Not only are you knocking Italy out of the war, not only are you drawing lots of German troops away from the Eastern Front and the Western Front, you've also got Rome as a very, very easy victory. Um, a, a major capital, the capital of, of, of the second largest sort of Axis power in, in, in the West. You know, what's not to like? And you kind of think, well, you know, we haven't quite got enough. We haven't got quite got enough shipping. But on the other hand, it's worth the punt because the rewards are 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 many. Means that we're kind of, you know, paving the ground for, for when we go across the English Channel in yep, practice. May yep. the following year. Um, it gives us that advantage of strategic air power. It knocks Italy out of the war. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's kind of it's a bit of a punt, but what's not to like? And of course, yeah. all this is being planned in very, very quick order in, in August, middle of August, well, from sort of late July into August, while the Sicilian campaign is, is being carried out um, and, and beyond, but in pretty quick order. And yeah. the stumbling blocks are shipping. And everyone's thinking, oh, what do we do? You know, do we, do, do we just do Corsica and Sardinia or do we go into the boot? But, you know, then we've got the whole, if we go just into the toe, then that's a bit crazy because that means we've potentially got a much bigger job getting to Foggia and Rome's a long yeah. way and it's also mountain. So we probably need to do a second operation. But I don't know, we haven't quite got enough, but, but on balance, it's probably worth a punt. You know, we can sort of augment it with air power just and augment it with with naval warships their gun power yeah just and maybe we can just sort of pull it off but but the the net result of all that is is that it's it becomes operation avalanche which is the salerno landings which is just you know it's 30 miles south of naples becomes this incredibly high risk operation and it's all a bit that it's that point that you constantly making about about you know they always want to be kind of six months ahead of where they are when they launch an attack um technologically and materially it's kind of a bit like that with Italy, but 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 they've got enough landing craft to do it, but they haven't got enough to do the job easily or with any any sense of guaranteed success. But on balance, when you kind of you know weigh up the pros and cons, it's probably worth the punt, and that's the situation they get themselves into. But the interesting thing is is the intelligence that the, that they have that the Germans are going to retreat comes from a chap called General Castellano, who is um who is part of ambrosio general um general um ambrosio's staff and ambrosio is the um head of the italian armed forces and is a bit of a wetty frankly um and castellano is the guy who is um delegated by ambrosio and by bedolio who is a retired marshal who has been brought back to be the kind of you know, head the head the new post-fascist, post-Mussolini government at the end of July when 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 Mussolini is defenestrated. And Castellano is the guy who sent off to do most of the negotiations. And he says, oh, well, you know, what we what we know from the Germans is is that they're planning to retreat to the Pisa Rimini line. Now, now literally everything that the Italians say is laced with half-truths, outright lies, kind of fiddling around trying to get what's the best deal for them and all this kind of stuff. Is that because they don't really know what the Germans are doing because the Germans haven't told them and they don't trust them? Or is it some wishful thinking and trying to some ledger domain and all that sort of thing rather than simply... No, it, the, the Germans have said that, but right. they're not... But that, that's it, That's in a kind of sort of thrown away comment at a conference. But it's not... It's not and look, here are all our plans, and here's concrete evidence that says on this particular date this is going to happen. The whole point about the Germans and the Italians 
even before Mussolini is defenestrated, is that they're not really talking to each other and, and, and any sense of mutual trust has completely gone out the window. So they're both hedging around. And the moment that Mussolini goes, the Germans know that the Italians are looking for an exit from the war. And the Italians know that the Germans know that, uh, but they're pretending that they're not going to, that they're, tr- you know, they're one and true allies because the Italians don't want to, you know, the, the Italians are suddenly in this absolute, between a rock and a hard place because... They can't afford going on the war. Morale has totally collapsed. They're absolutely out, but they want to get, but they also know that if they don't exit in the right way, revenge is going to be very brutal on the part of the Germans, on them. So they're trying to exit the war to the most advantageous way to them. But in doing so, but at the same time, that so they're negotiating with the Allies, but at the same time, the Allies, the Allies equally don't trust the Italians at all because up until the moment that they actually announce their surrender, they're still the enemy. And you're not going to trust your enemy. And you're certainly not going to trust the, the, the Italians who are, you know, one minute saying they're not, they're, they're fascists, the next minute deciding they're not fascists and, uh, you know, and, and don't know how much strong arms going on from the, from the Germans. And also because, because dealings with Vichy the, uh, um, uh, in Tunisia, in Algiers rather, have been such a disaster that they tried to deal with the, of Vichy and uh, French elements of the Vichy French in good faith and tried to sort of think, well, there's a way of co-opting Vichy and getting it on the side and cutting a deal and all that sort of stuff. And, it, and, and that had been a complete disaster, total egg on American faces, uh, but really on Roosevelt, directly on Roosevelt's face, because he'd, he'd very much been the motor of that um, attempted compromise. So it's little wonder that, all right, OK, this time we're not, we, we can't trust these bastards um, the, they, they're the Germans' allies. Let's, let's, we can't fool ourselves anymore with wishful thinking. So the Italians come with wishful thinking, and the Allies aren't, aren't even entertaining their own wishful thinking about the situation. So, so it's only going. I mean, it's only going to go badly for the Italians. It's the truth, isn't it? If the Allies were kind of nervous about the Italians. They become more nervous because it then becomes very, very clear at a very early stage of the negotiations that there are factions within the Italian high command. Because suddenly there's also there's also General Rowata, who is a total bastard and 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 has sort of butchered lots of Yugoslavians when he's been in charge of um, uh, um, the, the Italian forces over there. And is a really tough nut, and he is in charge. Of, he's the head of the. So you've got Bedolia, who's the head of the government. You've got you've got got Ambrosio, who's the chief of staff of the uh, of, of the, the Commando Supremo, which is the you know equivalent of the OKW, equivalent of the the combined chiefs of staff. You know the 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 tri service uh, armed services of Italy, and then you've got Ruata, who is the commander in chief of the army, Italian army. And he sends over Zanussi, who is uh, one of his lackeys and one of his staff guys. And what Castellano is saying and what Zanussi is saying is not quite adding up. And so immediately the Allies sort of go, mm, this isn't quite, you know, this is not all, there's factions going on here. What's really at play? And so they don't trust them. And so what happens is, is the Allies go, okay, well, what are you going to do? We're, we're going to force you to signing, signing the, the, um, the surrender, which they finally do on the third of, on the 4th of September uh, 1943 and we are going to launch an invasion but we're not going to tell you how where it's going to be when it's going to be you just need to respond to it and when you respond to it what you need to do is you need to resist any German efforts to disarm Italian troops Um, if they attack you you need to fight back um, and you need to kind of you can't be on our side because you're our enemy so that that doesn't make sense but you're expected to help us the moment that the armistice is announced and the Italians just get it into their head on no basis whatsoever 
that the announcement is going to be no sooner than the 12th of September, but more realistically, the 15th of September. And they also think that the Allies have so much forces that they're going to be landing, you know, in Rome or north of Rome, somewhere like that, you know, and just completely knock out. Uh, uh, and, and it's and the Allies don't do anything to disabuse them of this fact, but that's because they think it's blindingly obvious that, that if you're going to do a, a seaborne invasion, you need air power. I mean, even Hitler knows that in 1940. Yet neither the, and the Germans sort of half work this out, but still not completely convinced. They're very twitchy about where the Allies might land. You know, certainly Kesselring thinks it's, you know, all the, all the signs are suggesting it's going to be somewhere around Naples, but he's still kind of twitchy. It might be Rome, which makes absolutely no military sense whatsoever, and particularly not when you're a, 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 a Luftwaffe field marshal and you understand the importance of air power to, to amphibious operations. You know, and he's already seen Tunisia, he's seen, you know, Sicily, he was a, a, an air fleet commander in the Battle of Britain. So he, he kind of, you know, he should know this by now. But I guess it's kind of easy to say that when you're, when you're, you know, you're not the one on the on the back foot. So, but the Allies are intending to land on the 9th of September and announce it on the 8th. But the Italians are just totally, totally unprepared for this. And one of the reasons they're unprepared for this is because the Germans have been dominating the lines of communication into, into Italy because they're preparing for a thing called Operation Axis, which is that the moment the Italians surrender, announce their surrender, they're going to disarm the entire Italian armed, armed forces. And so they've been dominating the, 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 the railways, the roads, and all the rest of it. Also, allies have been bombing them like crazy. So that's, that's, um, um, held things up. And so basically the Germans are getting the lion's share of supplies, which means that all the Italian forces, which are under-equipped anyway and rather dependent on Germany for their supplies, are really short of ammunition and really, really short of fuel, which is making them really, really nervous. And they know that particularly around the divisions around Rome, for example, there's like four Italian divisions in, in and around Rome, that they just don't have enough to be able to put up much of a fight. They can put up a fight, but they can't put up much of a fight. And because there isn't this unity of purpose at the top saying, okay, we've all got to be behind this. We, we, we don't know when the Allied um, landings are going to be. We don't know when the armistice is going to be signed, but we absolutely have to be together on this, that when this happens, we've all got to resist what the Germans. Rather, what is happening at the level of Bodoglio and Barozio, particularly, and the king, is... How can we get out of here without with saving our necks, without being executed by the Germans? That, that, that is their absolute single prime goal. And that dominates everything. So you've got people below that tier, people like General Carboni, who is the uh, head of the motorized corps, which is the, the, the divisions that are in Rome, going, OK, this is what we need to do. We need to send out a secret missive now. It needs to be hand-delivered to all units of German, uh, Italian units in, in Albania, in Yugoslavia, in Greece, all throughout Italy. And there needs to be a signal that the moment this happens, you have to be ready to resist the Germans. Because we've got over a million troops here. The Germans haven't got anything like that. And we can. If we were united, we can do this. And Ruata sort of goes, yeah, OK, whatever. Ambrosia goes, hmm all right, yeah, it's probably quite a good plan. Bedelia goes, yeah, I quite like the sound of that. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll do that, we'll do that. And this is called OP44. Uh, and, and it is drafted, it is agreed, and this is going to happen. As far as Carboni is concerned, this is General Giacomo Carboni, as far as Carboni is concerned, this has been issued. <laughs> okay. But, yeah. 
But it hasn't, oh, God. because God. Badoglio and, and Ambrosio don't have any intention of doing this whatsoever. The only thing they want to do is placate the Germans for as long as possible so that they can get the hell out of Rome and get to somewhere safe. So as an extra, extra means of making sure that their bacon is saved, what they also do is they part of the nego- negotiations is they say, tell you what, we'll hand over Brindisi and Taranto without a fight. Okay, so you, we'll make sure that we keep troops down there. We won't, uh, we won't bother contesting them at all in any way whatsoever. We'll keep these open until you can get there, but you need to get there really, really quickly, and then they can be there. And the only reason they're doing this is so that they've got a safe haven for the king and Badoglio and the commando supremo to go to once they bug out of Rome if it all goes pear-shaped. We need to take a quick break right now. We'll be back in a second. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy, too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics U.S. wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Jim and I are talking about 1943 in Italy and various Italian shenanigans. So this is why I was asking about 1944, right? Because the following year you have a divided German command and Rommel's in the mix. So Army Group B in the north under Rommel. Okay, I think I've heard this one before. Go on, keep going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've got you've got Kesselring in Army Group C, which isn't a group. It's just it's just Tenth Army, which has hastily been cobbled together. Yeah, but actually, a lot of those divisions are quite good. So you've got you've got the three divisions that have been well, four divisions, including First First Panzer and Twenty Ninth Panzer Grenadier Division that have been in Sicily, and they've been a bit hammered, particularly the Fifteenth Panzer Grenadier and the Hermann Goering Division, because they're the ones who are there at, at, at meeting the 
the, the Allied invasion of Sicily. And and they were sort of scratched scratched together in Sicily anyway, weren't they? They were a- anyway, yeah, but yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So they've 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 got some replacements, but they're definitely under strength. But the other divisions in, in Castle Ring's lot in um in, in Tenth Army um are, are in good order, and that's the twenty sixth um, Panzer Division, the 29th Panzer Grenadier, which is a pretty good nick, um, and the 16th Panzer, which is in really good nick. You know, so so it's not like he's he hasn't got enough forces. He's also got the third Panzer Grenadier, which is also in in very good order. So you know, he's most of his troops are up to strength, and you know, in not in not bad. That that's a formidable force that the Allies are are, are confronting. But in the north, you've got you've got nine divisions under Rommel. Uh, and you've got another two on the way, and two of those are panzer divisions, one of which is um, the Adolf Hitler Liebstandarte. Right, okay. Which we were talking about in the Stalingrad episode. Who've been pulled out, Pulled. they've been pulled out of the Eastern Front because, uh, you know, the, 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 as we said in yes in the last 1943 episode, a big part, reason for the Kursk offensive cooling on the part of the Germans is what's going on in Italy, uh, the Sicily invasion and then... then that this is obviously this is a lot later, but what he's realised is he's got other fires to put out in other theatres other than the Eastern Front, and certainly once Kursk is over, Citadel has ended, and uh, which is July, of course. But 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 basically, this, this is an example of how the Germans are, um, are, are always robbing Peter to pay Paul um, uh, to, to to meet all of their battlefield, all of their different theatre needs. Uh, uh, that, that's fair to say, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, is that the moment that Rommel gets 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 appointed Army Group B, he goes, you know what, the best thing to do is if we just concentrate in the north. Um, and I think if we could do a kind of line piece of Rimini, uh, that would be good. That's much more realistic. Um, we can defend the Alps. We can defend south of there. You know, we've got the Apennines going across literally the whole of, of, of Italy at that point. There's no flat bits. So that makes it much easier to defend. And Hitler grabs onto this and goes, absolutely. So the idea... Um, Hitler's idea is also that he's getting very, very impatient with with the Italians, and they're prevaricating and kind of sort of yes, they're saying that they're they're you know that they're, they're they're still true allies and all the rest of it, but but he's sensing a kind of sort of weakening and a wavering and all the rest of it. So on the ninth, so he plans, he's already drafted it. He plans to issue to the Italians on the ninth of September an ultimatum saying, right. You now need to give us completely free passage in in Italy, which he's already demanded before, but this is now kind of or else. And and what I'm going to do is you need to put all your Italian troops in the southern half of Italy and defend southern half of Italy. And all the German troops, including Army Group C, are all going to move back north and create this this line across Pisa Rimini line. uh, And that's what's going to happen. And that's going to that needs to happen right now. And that is due to be issued. On the 9th of September, which, of course, is the very My same day. God. The very same day that Avalanche is launched. Well, and 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 the, the armistice announcement is made at 6.30pm the previous evening. Jesus. So, obviously, the ultimatum then never happens. It's never issued. No, no. So, the irony be. of yeah. all this is, had the Allies agreed to the appeals of the Italians right at the last minute, because on the 7th, they suddenly go, what? You're... you're Gone, gone on the twelfth or the fifteenth. Yeah, it would have been the cakewalk that they hoped for because what they'd have found, they'd have landed in there, and all they'd have been confronted with is Italian troops. Rome would have been open. The Germans would have bugged out, and um, they wouldn't have contested it, and it would have been an, an absolute breeze. Or would, or would they have? Because you know, let, let, let's say they invade on the fifteenth. The Germans might have changed their mind and decided 
but yes, I mean, what a what a there's there's a great big dangling juicy what if that's extraordinary. Yep. So, so, but, 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 but the net result is is that that Carboni, who is absolutely determined to defend Rome to the last man, isn't really allowed to because suddenly Roatta <laughs> is in on the act as well. He realizes what's happened. Roatta realizes that OP forty four has never been issued. And suddenly, and, and, and Rowata says, right, what you need to do is you need to get two of your best divisions out on the road to, in, in Tivoli, out and on the road west, um, because you don't want them sort of constrained in the, in the urban environment of, of Rome. And Carboni's going, what? What are you, what are you talking about? And he goes, look, you know, this is, this is an order. You've got to do it. You know, and he's the commander in chief of the army. So Carboni goes, uh, okay. So orders, orders the Ariete, which is the kind of the best division that the army have, uh, the Italian army have, and one of the kind of proper yeah. armored divisions. Gets them to disengage from fighting two Fauschenjäger division uh, and withdraw to Tivoli. And when he gets there to Tivoli with all these troops, he suddenly goes, well, where the hell's the Commando Supremo? And they've buggered off. <laughs> they've gone off to, you know, they're nowhere in sight. Uh, and, and so he sends off one of his aides to go, well, go, go on to the next town and see what happens. And on that road, he finds Roatta mending a puncture. <laughs> And he says, "What do you do?" You know, and the aide says, "You know, excuse me, sir. Well, you know, we're, you know, my, my boss Carboni is 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 in Tivoli, as you instructed, waiting for you know, trying to find the Cabardo Supremo. Where is everyone?" And he goes, "Oh, just tell him to just take take control. I, I, I'm busy. I've got to go." And, and buggers sim- off. I, I, I'm engaged in symbolism, mending this puncture. I mean, honestly, of all that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know it's just extraordinary. And so, so by the time that, so then Carboni suddenly suddenly realizes. What's happened that he's been sold down the river? That that that, that, yeah. that has no the OP forty four was never issued. No, never that, yeah. that that there was never a plan from the the, the the absolute total kind of perfidy of of the Italian command. And he gets the Arietti to go to turn around again. But of course, they've just been tramping back and forth, back and forth. And yeah. of course, they're all absolutely exhausted. They're running short of fuel. You know, it's as easier said than done. And so. Rome falls the following day, you know, as a, as a result, you know, so it's a two day battle and, and it's sort of civilians in the streets and all the rest of it, but they're no match for the organization of the Germans and, and Rome falls and all the rest of it. And so you have this sort of extraordinary symbolism of, of the whole, <laughs> one of the main reasons for going into Italy is that, you know, Rome is going to be this incredibly easy, easy victory for the allies. It's an incredibly easy victory for the Germans and yeah. becomes an incredibly difficult victory for the allies because of course rome doesn't finally fall until kind of you know the 4th of May, 4th of june the following year and you know clark mark clark the triumphant general doesn't go into the center of rome until the 5th of june which of course is the day yeah. before d-day so you know so so and and the frustration of all this is of course it could be so very different and this is because no, everyone you know you're, you've got a situation where you've got three parties no one's trusting anybody yeah and and of course the ridiculousness of army group b this this policy which is just yeah. absurd you know either you're going to defend italy or you're not going to defend italy you know yeah. you can't do sort of something and is is a kind of something and nothing and, and one of the one of the one of the things that's been agreed um, as part of Operation Axis, is that they're going to have to abandon Puglia, um, yeah. you know, this, the, which includes Foggia. Yeah, yeah. Because the only division there is 1st Fauschenjäger Division, and that's already been splintered because Hitler's intervened and said, look, 1st Fauschenjäger are really, really good, and I'm a bit worried about 26 Panzer and 29 yeah. Panzer Grenadier. I want you to siphon off some of the troops from 1st pa- Fauschenjäger and attach them to these other two divisions and stiffen their backbones, which then means you've got an understrength 1st Fauschenjäger Jaeger division, which was under strength anyway because it's been fighting in Sicily, now covering the whole of Apulia, which is largely flat and therefore not conducive to defensive operations. 
And so they bug out and just abandon Foggia at a, at a trace. You know, and not only do they abandon Foggia, they abandon a huge arsenal of bombs, of, 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 of JU-88s, of aircraft, of, of fuel, of all those things which they desperately, desperately need are just abandoned. They're, well, they're destroyed as, they're, you know, in sort of scorched earth as they, as they re- retreat. And I think, I think one of the, I suddenly had a sort of light bulb moment the other day about Rommel, is, is that Rommel, whatever his command is, thinks it's the most important strategically anywhere in the planet. And, you know, I have absolutely no doubt that had the roles reversal been reversed and Kesselring being Army Group B and he being Army Group C, he would have said to Hitler, the most important thing we do is defend the southern Italy to the last man and, and all the rest of it, because that's just how he thinks. You know, he's fundamentally... Well, and what's clear is by the following year, he's thought, well, actually, the way to repulse an invasion isn't, isn't to sit back, it's to destroy it on the beaches. Because... because he, Lessons of Salerno. You know... Lessons of Salerno, but but also uh, uh, when he's allowed to make that decision, that's the decision he makes. Because after all, it's not just the... We, we've talked a lot on uh, over the years about how the, the Allies learn with each amphibious operation how to, how to prosecute amphibious operations. With each one, the Germans surely are learning how to defend against them. Um, because yep. they're on the receiving end of an awful lot of them. And it, and it seems that they... They aren't able to figure that out. They, or may, I mean, maybe even Hitler's policy of holding to the lodgment that develops in '44 is a product of Italy having run wild. That 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 the Allies get out of all of even 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 Anzio eventually they get out of all of their beachheads. Well, the interesting thing about Salerno is you've got this sort of you know you've got this bowl you've got you, you've got this yeah. sort of semicircle this half circle which is the kind of the plain surrounded by mountains in which you've got German troops with OPs you know observer uh, yeah. observation posts and, and artillery looking down on it. So they've never contested an amphibious operation before ever before no. September 1943 because yeah. They just haven't, yeah, because even in Sicily, it was it was Italians contesting the the invasion. It wasn't yeah. Germans. The Germans were inland, so they've never had to contest it. Dieppe, yeah, Dieppe. but uh, yes, okay. What but is Dieppe? Dieppe? What is Dieppe? Yes, after all, but but not a major major amphibious assault. That's contu- that that says trap trap a lot of Allied yeah. forces yeah. in a bowl and then yeah. just blast them to hell. Yeah. And so you can see the principle of holding back from the beach. You know, it's not like you don't contest it, but you don't have the right on the beach yet because if you're on the beach, you're exposed and you've just mm. got a, you've got a plane and, and, and the nature of the vegetation around there is that you've got lots of vines and, you know, high grasses and tobacco plants and all the rest of it. So it's very hard to see forward anyway. So, so don't bother. Sit back, let them come onto the beaches and then, hose them down with machine guns mm. and mortars. Mm. And if that doesn't work, it doesn't matter, pull back a little bit. Then you know where you're get, where, what's going to happen. Then you can reinforce that whole area. You, mm. The division that's, the, that's defending at that particular base, which is the 16th Panzer, can hold the Allies while you wait for in, in the bowl, with the mountainous bowl. You can, mm. you can hold mm. them there until you've got your reinforcements, and then you do a coordinated counterpunch. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad plan, to be honest. No, it isn't. <laughs> it just doesn't work, you know. But, yeah. But. Uh, well, okay. Well, that's. I mean, the thing is, how far? How far are you into the? You're writing the book now. How far into the book are you now? Where, where, yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Great. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, they're, they're crossing the Volturno, which is the first first time oh! the Allies have ever had to yeah. do a, a river crossing. So river crossing. you know, they're, they're getting there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Well, um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, 
Uh, don't forget, we have Ways Fest um, in September this year, 8th, 10th of September, where 1943 will be looming large. And I think over the year, as we go forward towards the festival in September, we will be coming back to this year as the sort of uh, the fulcrum, the, 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 the point at which everything starts. The thread. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All the all the, the allies start reaping the rewards of their planning, basically, and uh, yeah. the writing is clearly on the wall for the Germans to the point where there's in in Ju- July of forty three. There's a little bit of talk between the Germans and the Russians about a, Soviets about a peace deal, which is a, a yep. tiny tickle of it, isn't there, with the advert? Anyway, we will see tickle. you all very soon. <laughs> a little tickle. We will see you very soon. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye. Cheerio.